narrative is funded by viewers like you. Support our independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative. I said, I wasn't saying that there shouldn't be no prosecutions, by the way. I was saying yeah. that there is room for um, other people, even if leaders are going to, like Biden wants to go out there and say, um, I need to make a deal with whomever in order to unify the country because we have other priorities to deal with. I would be fine with them having that room to do that. I personally would love to throw every single one of them in jail you know, years ago, and we should have thrown them all in jail years ago. That's the problem. That's how we got here. But now that we're in the situation we're in, you know, the priority of this country is going to be either we unify together and fight a common enemy, which will either be Russia or China or China and Russia or whatever amalgam of countries you want to throw in there, or we're going to be fighting each other forever because that's what they're trying to do. That's what the whole idea behind Trump getting into his helicopter and flying off to some rally and then off to some guerrilla camp to do whatever on some secret island. That's what the whole idea is, to create the, the facade of, uh, of, of, um, of a force that is going to continuously divide America. It's going to keep fueling our division until you know there's just, we're just tired. And while all that's going to happen, we're going to miss the fact that we need to be fighting China and Russia and what they're doing to to the rest of the world and and to the United States, and so and for to me, the planet. and to the planet, and so that to me is the is a trade off. It's not about oh you let these guys get off the hook. Of course you don't let them off the hook. You want to throw them in jail, but if you're going to let them throw them in jail, does it come at a cost where you know you're now allowing your real enemies, your main enemies, to actually get a foot up? And I think that that might be a little bit of what's what could be happening, and I understand the drive to to throw people in jail. I've spent four years going, getting so angry at every page I've written and and every story we've broken because it's like just how could be how could people get away with so much and for so long? Mm -hmm. But we need to think about our survival and how America secures itself going forward. And I say this only because of my experience in South Africa and watching people like Nelson Mandela, mm -hmm. who having spent twenty seven years in jail. Uh, and some of it might have been in a house within a prison, but still in jail for 27 years, did something extraordinary. I mean, you know, Nelson Mandela single-handedly ended apartheid. He he didn't discuss it with the ANC. He didn't discuss it with anybody else. He, uh, just out of the blue, called the prime minister, de Klerk, and said, I want to talk. I'm ready to talk. I'm not going to say I'm denouncing violence, but I want to talk. He's... he's his allies within the ANC and within the party over there were furious. They were like, he's an old man. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's going to get caught in a trap. He's going to, uh, you know, give away, give away everything we've worked for for the last you know, 20 or 30 years or while he's been in prison. How could he do this to us? How could he betray us? And he was determined to keep doing it. You know, he went out of his way to, to uh, not only reach out to the cleric, but reach out to the entire country. And I want to play you the speech from the day he came out of prison. It's just two minutes long, but it's really inspiring in many ways. Because okay. he walked out of prison, having you know, got this deal to be allowed to walk out of prison without renouncing violence. And then he made this speech that was so conciliatory that was all about unifying people. Our friends, comrades, and fellow South Africans, I greet you all in the name of peace, 
democracy and freedom for all. I stand here before you not as a prophet, but as a humble servant of you, the people. Your tireless and heroic sacrifices have made it possible for me to be here today. I therefore place the remaining years of my life in your hands. So that was uh, Mandela on February 11th, uh, 1990. And this is a man who could have gone completely the other way. He could have gone out there and declared war and just, you know, God killed everybody, killed everybody, arrested everybody, throw them in jail. That was the fear. That was everyone's big fear in South Africa. And yet he had the presence of mind as an individual, just as a single person, not even as part of a, of a party, to go out of his way to reach out. Um, and what he then did when he became the, the president of, the United, of, of, of South Africa is he, he leaned into the rugby uh, World Cup that was coming into, into South Africa uh, because mm-hmm. it was – it was just the right timing. South Africa was rugby mad, at least white South Africa was rugby mad. And up until then, the black people in South Africa had been supporting the non-South African teams uh, because mostly the, the South African team was a white team. And mm. it's uh, and Mandela met with uh, Francois Pinar, which was the captain of the, of the Springbok team. And he mm-hmm. invited him for tea, and there's a movie about it, Invictus, which I can show you a little Invictus. clip of. Yeah, he, in that movie, he... And in, in reality, he invites Pinar for tea and he says, we're going to win. We need to find hope where there isn't hope or something like that, or that hope mm-hmm. can be found. And he, they won. They really did win. It was kind of amazing. It unified an entire country. Because um, I remember that day like it was yesterday. That moment of South Africa winning the World Cup meant just everything to South Africa. And everyone did it together. And everyone went into the streets and celebrated. And it was almost like... In that one moment, at least, and maybe it didn't last for much longer, but for that one moment, at least, it had helped solidify a new future for South Africa. And if we fight against each other, and if we throw people in jail, and we start prosecuting each other, and we you know, constantly remind people of what's happened in the past, we want to learn what happened in the past, but we don't have to go back there and revisit and, and, and keep going at it. We, we run the risk of sort of landing up in a very difficult situation. Um, and I'd rather, you know, imagine a, a future of hope and destiny and of a, so that, a united uh, America where, where we can actually continue to achieve all the wonderful things that our founding fathers said that we would, um, rather than land up dividing ourselves into sort of a, into separate camps. That does not mean 
that I don't think people should be prosecuted. They should be prosecuted. But I think we do we need, need to think about and this. Reco reconciliation. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you also have that. You have to, we have to get the facts out about mm. what really happened. There are this, this, it, it, just, just the last year alone, just COVID alone, yeah. um, mass death, mass death. So it's not about, Oh, you know, we want vengeance and to grab people, throw them in jail, lock up. There's not, yeah. it's not that it's, mm. we need to know. We don't even need, we don't truly know. And we have our, we have our suspicions. We have our fact patterns. We have what we can bring out. I can prove the organized crime shit left, right, and center. Mm. But you know, is this guy, was this guy a puppet of a, of, of a foreign uh, government, a hostile foreign uh, government, you know, there's, there is, I don't know if we'll get that answer, but there's a lot of stuff in here that we need real light on real daylight on so that we can know what, how we codify our norms into laws. How do we do it? How do we do it? So we never end up here again. Right. So we don't have, and, and I know that everyone's like, well, what are we going to do with all these people who voted for Trump? Well, you know, a lot of them are radicalized and, and, that 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 starts to when that starts to crash into facts and investigations and information that comes forward, um, people's that that's how you get the people who can come out of that bubble come out of it, right? Mm -hmm. The people who can't come out of it, at least they're neutered to a certain degree, um, you know, and go go back under their rocks. We need to know what the fuck Fox News has been up to all this mm -hmm. time. The, what is this? Um, you, you know, this this sort of state TV, and what do we do about that? Mm -hmm. So there's stuff. Mm -hmm. You brought up Newsmax. It's just all, all, there's an architecture connecting all of these. Fucking, Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, all of these, all of this propaganda, right? How do we handle propaganda as Americans with, you know, wanting to have first, keep our First Amendment, understanding how important freedom of press and freedom of speech is, and that we can never sacrifice that. But is that what this is? I'm not mm -hmm. sure if it's if it's if it's people coming in that are being bankrolled by by dark money that we don't even know where the fuck that money's coming from. That's just right? propaganda. So that's not even it's know, that's an attack on who we are. That's yeah. an attack. That's a weapon. Mm -hmm. So we got to get in there and really start figuring out. Yes, we need the fairness doctrine back. You know, everyone's been bringing that up. There's there's stuff that we can do that keeps and preserves all these great parts of our democracy and gets this this disease out of it mm -hmm. this is the disease this guy has brought in and, and surfaced and and yes it's been there for a long time just waiting for an avatar like the like the like the diaper wearing you know <laughs> an african dictator wannabe you know it's you know orange ape that we got right now right like he activated it all so yeah. um you know but that it, yes it's been there yes he animated it all so what are we going to do about it mm -hmm. what are we going to do about it we need to do shit and you mm -hmm. can't you can't do that um with the super bowl we we do need re uh, reconciliation we do need uh, we need some truth. We need some Trump crimes commissions. We need oh, to for sure. What the fuck for sure. Is. We need to know the yeah. truth. So with regards to maybe tie this whole episode together, there's a piece of news um, oh, that it's a, I mean, so it's been an amazing conversation. Please tie it together. Let's go. 
so Michael Weiss came out uh, and published um, yes. the the Aquarium Leaks, which is a project I've been waiting for for months now, which is the leaked files from the Russian military intelligence GRU unit 54777, hmm. I think, um, which is the propaganda unit explaining how Russian propaganda works, how the psyops work, and how out there the is no, out of the GRU, out of the Russian main, the main director. Keep going, keep going. There you go. No problem. <laughs> Gong. Um, I mean, this is uh, this. These are original language manuals that came out of how they think about the world, and it is a revelation for everybody that has been on the front lines of the narrative war for the last four years. Definitely, because one, there is no line between war and peace for them. So the Russians have been at war with us the whole time. Right. They, the whole time. Wow, that's fascinating. I didn't realize that at all. Did we lose you there? Oh, no. I think it's really fascinating that they've been at war with us all along, and it's not surprising. Yeah. In fact, I think we've been very naive in some ways in, in, in the United States. We've thought that people have been our friends that have not been our friends. And we've thought that there are, you know, just we, we've been naive a little bit. Maybe that's not a terrible thing, but we have to deal with it now. Um, yeah. I think we just dodged a big bullet with Trump, and we want to make sure that we fundamentally oh, yeah. re-entrench our rights and our, and our freedoms so that they don't you know, that they that don't take them away from us, especially when it comes down to that surveillance. Americans have gotten, finally gotten an experience that so much of the rest of the world has had. Mm -hmm. And that is having a really, really, really corrupt, <laughs> you know, mobster as a, as a, as a president, mm -hmm. um, you know, a criminal, criminal presidency uh, beyond Richard Nixon saying, I'm not a crook. And then having, you know, being a crook, it, it, this is a whole, whole other level of stuff. And, understandably, we can all say, well, you know, because I, I am going to, I do plan when this COVID is over, Zev, I plan on traveling again. I would love I hope to travel. So. I'd love to cross some borders. I'd love to see, and I am. We're going to see, we're going to meet each other in, in person. We have to. Yeah, we'll meet in person. I haven't yeah. met any of the, any, anybody it's in person. Crazy. So I can't wait for that. It's crazy. So it would be, um, you know, we could, you could, what I think everyone who's been resisting Trump and you know, the majority of Americans, we certainly don't want to be judged as Americans for this guy, right? Mm -mm. Um, we, yeah, and so now hopefully we can see, you know, I'm hopeful, I am hopeful for Russia. I do think it's, it's an incredibly corrupt place. I don't know how they're going to do it. I think having. Us, right, having Joe in there, they can help the Russian people maybe throw off these fucking strong men finally, mm -hmm. right? And this addiction that they have to strong men um, that only end up really exploiting the Russian people and really terrorizing them. So, you know, we don't want to be judged. <laughs> we don't want everyone to, I want to be an American and be able to go to Europe and be able to go places and not have people go, oh, you're American. Ah, get away, Donald Trump. Right? You guys are horrible. You know, we, I think we have to keep our minds open for, yes, these people have not been our friends. Our allies have not been our allies. Enemies never stop being our enemies where they were enemies and not conflate that with the people themselves and really, yeah. I, I think we can throw, I think humanity can throw off these regimes. I, I, I do too. I really and, you know, do. 
the thing that held South Africa together was that people really liked each other at the end of the day. It was, no. it, was it was their joint country. They didn't really want to go fighting against each other. Even Nelson Mandela no. was in a house in a prison and looked, you know, had a driver and, and uh, you know, at the end of his imprisonment was looked after because people didn't really hate each other. It was a system that created a lot of hate and that a system that created a lot of, um, you know, despair. But it certainly did not mean that people didn't like each other. They loved each other. And that came through in the election when they finally did yeah. have it. So, uh, and I think that's true for, for America as well. You mentioned um, Archbishop Tutu. I'm going to leave. This is the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. This is uh, something he said um, in a book that he later wrote. And then we'll end the show with Invictus, a scene from Invictus. And then we'll see you back here on Friday for the after show. So this is what he said. He said, forgiveness does not relieve someone from responsibility for what they have done. It is not about letting someone off the hook. Forgiveness is simply understanding that every one of us is both inherently good and inherently flawed. Within every hopeless situation and every seemingly hopeless person lies the possibility of transformation. Narrative is funded by viewers like you. Support our independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative. Today, President Mandela takes office in Pretoria, balancing black aspirations with white fears. Remember this day, boys. This is a day our country went to the dogs. Brothers, sisters, this is the time to build our nation. All of the whites are cheering for South Africa. All of the blacks are cheering for England. How long before the World Cup? Don't get your hopes up. We're a damn disgrace. I've been invited to tea. Who? The president. Tell me, Francois, how do we inspire ourselves to greatness where nothing less will do? How do we inspire everyone around us? What did he want? I think he wants us to win the World Cup. This rugby is a political calculation. It is a human calculation. According to the experts, we'll reach the quarterfinals and no favor. According to the experts, you and I should still be in jail. Times change. We need to change as well. We become more than just a rugby team. Did you ever imagine this? How could I? Do you hear? Listen to your country. This is it. This is our destiny. I was thinking about how you spent 30 years in a tiny cell and come out ready to forgive the people who put you there.